welcome back to the Talking Barefoot podcast. And the topic for this week is definitely going to be Liverpool. Uh, they've won the title after 30 years of waiting. And Klopp has really delivered. This team has annihilated the entire league. Uh, they've beaten every team. And they've lost only once over the season. Uh, they've accumulated 86 points in 31 game weeks. Something that was unheard of till now. They've won the league with 7 games to remain. Uh, that's the fastest anybody has won the league till now. Uh, and they did so after a disappointing season last season where although they did win the Champions League and that was fantastic for the Liverpool fans, but they did lose out on the Premier League title by one point. To come back from a situation like that and to annihilate the entire league to win the league with so many games to go, I think they've done a fabulous job and uh, I don't think there can be a contention on uh, which is the best team in the league right now. I'd like to welcome Aranyak and Mehul to the podcast. Uh, hi guys, I hope you all have watched the game last night. And I think a lot of us were probably watching the Liverpool celebrations after that late until uh, early morning. Um, it was quite a celebration if you think of it. Uh, all the lockdown rules were not followed. Uh, the Liverpoolian fans went all out and they were on top of different parts of Anfield. Uh, the team had to be in an undisclosed location for the entire night uh, so that there wasn't a, a rampage of people who come in and around them. Uh, and later on, I think today, a lot of videos surfaced of club dancing, uh, which is quite entertaining. Uh, you could see the boys were absolutely pissed drunk. Uh, and I think they all wake up with a massive hangover today. Uh, but the important thing is that 30-year-old hangover is done. I think Liverpool fans will be probably most excited and happy about that. They'll deal with hangovers for the rest of their lives. Just to know that this monkey is off their back. Uh, I think this season has been particularly interesting because uh, they have literally not let anybody uh, create an obstacle for them throughout the season. Uh, they had one minor glitch that was at Watford. Uh, and if you think of Liverpool over the last two seasons, they've really gone all out. They've beaten every team in front of them. Uh, they've lost twice. Uh, which is by itself a huge marker to have laid down to the rest of the league. And a lot of people at the beginning of the season were not very sure uh, that they'll be able to continue the form of last season into the season. But I think uh, by the way they started and went around until December, uh, they really laid down the marker for the rest of the teams. Uh, the boys in front, the front three that we are all familiar with, Salah, Mane and Firmino, uh, were going all out. Uh, the Back four along with Fabinho were protecting the defence. I think they had a minor problem with Alisson uh, with his injuries. But even though he's had, he's missed 9 or 10 games this season, he's still the contender for the Golden uh, Gloves, which tells you everything that you need to know about this club. Um, and of course, the manager is probably the best in the world uh, in terms of man management, in terms of recruitment, in terms of game of gameplay. Uh, and to win the Premier League by annihilating all the teams in front of them by such a lead, I think Liverpool are deserved title winners. And uh, everybody, I think, uh, would salute them. And on and Twitter, you could see that a lot of uh, clubs did say, you know, well done to Liverpool, except probably Everton. Uh, but I think grapes are sour in certain places of Liverpool. Uh, Mehul, uh, can you come in now and tell us about what do you think were the critical moments for Liverpool and uh, what really tilted the title uh, towards their favour? 
या हाय भास्कर ऑफकोर्स कंग्रेचुलेशन टू लिवरपूल वेल डिजर्व टाइटल आई थिंक देव शोन अस यू नो देर रिलेंटलेस एपिटाइट एंड देर कंसिस्टेंसी इट्स बैफलिंग टू इवन यू नो सी दैट दिस टीम हिज लॉस्ट लाइक यू सैट टू गेम्स इन टू एंटायर सीजन सो आई थिंक इट वॉज नेवर अ डाउट एज मच एज लिवरपूल फैंस वुड डिसग्री Uh, the title has been a formality for the last six to I think eight months. We've known what the eventual result will be of the Premier League, but uh, yeah, well deserved. And if if I look back upon you know the critical moments where I thought you know the title was won by Liverpool or you know lost by their only rival, I think City was. I think we'll have to go back to I think September where um, you know uh, City lost to Norwich surprisingly. and i think that game really exposed city's defensive problems and with uh, without lapoth and without company city just didn't look like the defensive force they were you know during the last 14 games of last season where uh, they basically won every game and you know pipped liverpool to the title so i think that was that that defeat kind of set the tone for city that it's going to be a dismal season for them and as potent as they are going forward they've been really leaky defensively and i think liverpool uh, i think their most important win during the first half was at sheffield i think you know that game was really really important for them to win and uh, sheffield played really well in that game and it all came down to a dean henderson error and very uncharacteristic of him but uh, wijnaldum scored that goal and liverpool uh, won that game i think that was a springboard to the next results and i think they mane came in and scored a winner at villa and that game was also you know looking like it's going to head towards a draw but then again mane came in and scored a winner so liverpool obviously have had lot of uh, you know last minute winners and had this relentless pursuit of the title which they've shown you know in every match and uh, then it all came down to uh, the game at anfield uh, uh, you know city and liverpool and um, not many city fans were obviously uh, confident that city will do anything because of how horrendous they have been at anfield and that was i think the end of uh, the title race because when liverpool won that game i think they had already pulled a, pulled apart i think some seven points i think so uh, that kind of ended i think the title race and then liverpool have since been uh, practically winning every game and um, I think one thing which I've noticed with Liverpool is that in the first half of the season I was not very uh, you know attracted by their gameplay. I thought they were better last season. But the game you know which I saw and I was absolutely astonished by Liverpool was the game against Leicester. You know I think you know Leicester have had a splendid season and to go to their home and you know pick them apart like they did was actually i think uh, you know set the tone for their uh, second half of the season in which they've pulled teams apart and they've been absolutely fantastic so i think um, it comes down to liverpool's appetite and uh, they thoroughly deserve this title and uh, we've known that for a long time for me i think the there are a lot of uh, considerations to be made in terms of what what happened over the season that sort of created the space for liverpool to do as well as they did uh, and i think it should start with probably someone like jordan anderson uh, and because he was i think not a lot of liverpool fans were uh, quite keen on him remaining at the club uh, they weren't very happy with him initially uh, and then I, i remember not a lot of them were happy with him becoming captain after steven gerrard uh, but the progress he's shown under klopp has been immense he's absolutely necessary for 
uh, this team. I think he was also necessary for the team uh, which lost to City uh, when Gerard slipped. Uh, I think for that team also he was very necessary because the last three games uh, where the title was lost, especially the game against Chelsea, uh, he wasn't playing in that game because he had received a red card the game earlier than that. Uh, so that made a real difference and I think that was the time where we realized the value of Jordan Anderson uh, and then now he's just come miles you know he's become one of the most important players in the team uh, he leads by example and you can see on the pitch he's like a second coach while playing right so that makes all the difference uh, I think the best performance for Liverpool are uh, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah uh, there's no beating that right in terms of attacking flair and goals Uh I think the most important player for me in Liverpool is Virgil van Dijk. There is no comparison to him. Liverpool before him and after him are two very different forces. Two separate Champions League finals with him. They've won the Premier League with him. Uh, and who knows what else is there to come. Uh, this year, I think the Liverpool fans and the team also felt the loss of Alisson. Uh, and I think that is particularly felt against Atletico Madrid when Adrian you know, messed up the entire scenario for them by that pass that he made uh, in the extra time that I really that would that would be not something that uh, Allison would have done probably so his loss was really felt and who knows what this season could have been had Allison played at the back for that game uh, and probably Liverpool would be going for the Champions League as well this season uh, these are the best performers but I think there are a lot of unsung heroes for Liverpool Football Club uh, and I think Klopp alluded to all of them uh, in his interviews post winning the league last night uh, he said his backroom staff are very important. Uh, the nutritionist, the uh, physiotherapist, etc. These players, these people play a very important role. Uh, he also spoke about uh, the importance of Peter Kravitz, uh, and he's nicknamed as the I, right, uh, for Klopp. And I think he's alluded to all of these people. Uh, as far as the players are concerned, I think you can't ignore the two uh, wing backs. Uh, they're Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson have been fantastic. Uh, and the mini-rivalry between them for assists is uh, another, you know, underlying theme of the season where Alexander-Arnold is probably much better off at giving assists uh, and he's probably more potent. Uh, but the the camaraderie really comes through between them. Uh, I think for me, probably Joe Gomez is someone who's not really rated much. Uh, but I think with him, Liverpool have not lost a game since 2015. Uh, when he was playing centre-back, which is a long time. Five years to not lose a game with one person playing at centre-back tells you the importance of that player. He's got a 90% win rate for them. Uh, but he's not thought of as greatly because of the shadow of Virgil van Dijk. Uh, and we can continue to talk about all the players and everything else that the club has done uh, because there is so much information there. And I don't think there is one player that has stood out so much, nor can you ignore any of those players like Fabinho, Firmino, uh, all these people are not players you can ignore and they have to be part of the conversation. Uh, so, if you want to choose best performers or unsung heroes, there are many of them. Uh, I think the most important person in that entire club right now is Klopp. Uh, and as long as he stays there, I think they'll be hungry and they'll be gunning for a lot more than they are. I think bringing Klopp to the club was one important thing that uh, the FSG group did. Uh, and Aranya, can you tell us more about how the business aspect and uh, how FSG's backing works? Yeah, uh, thanks Bhaskar. Um, you were talking about Liverpool's best players and then you went on to name almost the entire squad, which I think is testament to Liverpool's season. And uh, yeah, first of all, congratulations to Jurgen Klopp and his Liverpool team. They completely deserve it. And um, 
I'd like to start off with a little a little bit of a throwback. It was uh, Klopp's very first press conference as Liverpool's manager back in 2015. He said, "When I left Dortmund, my last sentence was, 'It's not so important what people think when you come in. It's much more important what people think when you leave. And please give us some time. Please give us the time to work on it, to think much more positively than today, to think much more positively about me and all the people at Liverpool Football Club." and he said that in our own special liverpool kind of way we can be successful but we have to wait and he said i don't mean that we wait for another 20 years and i'm sitting here again at the press conference and i tell you this and he said when i sit here in four year, in four years i think we'll have won one title and you know they currently champions league holders and they won the premier league uh, super cup club world cup so you know they have the whole cabinet right now and he said one title but they've gone way beyond that and you're yeah, coming to the business aspect which i think i was reading something on the guardian uh, and on tfo as well which i think is very insightful for those who don't know um fsg or uh, yeah fenway sports group uh, are the company that own liverpool football club having acquired them in 2010 but like you said the real transformation came in 2015 with the hiring of jurgen klopp uh at his very first meeting with fsg's owners klopp emphasized the need to activate the anfield crowd when anfield was upgraded with a new stand uh, the capacity was increased by 8500 seats it had new corporate and media facilities and this didn't only allow for higher match day income but it allowed liverpool and um, the ground to host events year round and most importantly to attract sponsors now this is very important from a business point of view because liverpool have attracted many many lucrative sponsors over the past 5 years with an emphasis on uh, regional com- commercialization they have sponsors from england germany uh, america canada malaysia and various parts of africa for example um liverpool have an egyptian real estate partner and one of egypt's biggest banks as their partners and they've built this business model around mohammed salah and his success as a liverpool player and doing similarly in different markets with their players and the unique brand that the club has it's the club's image and their most valuable asset has been liverpool's iconic red shirt now they've signed a new deal with nike which is around 30 million a season but it's estimated that it'll go up to 75 to 80 million a year and this would give liverpool bragging rights to have the most lucrative a uh, jersey deal in english football and the third richest uh, in the world only behind barcelona and real madrid another reason is that new balance as we know who was their uh, sponsor now they've produced some of the finest kits in recent times but they were distributing in 3000 stores worldwide but nike on the other hand has given them the promise that they'll distribute in 6000 stores uh so all of all of these matters which go on behind the scenes this is a uh, a business aspect from fsg and fsg have been the driving power behind the money at the club and when that ties in with the hiring of club and the whole rebirth of anfield and the players performances on the pitch it's a win win from both a competitive point of view on the pitch and off the pitch i think arunik it's interesting that you mention about fsg's backing i think one of the other things that they've probably done is the restructuring of the backroom uh, in terms of the business end i think they've brought in peter moore Uh, Michael Edwards was upgraded to you know the sporting director and I think he's done a fabulous job as far as transfers are concerned uh, and him and Klopp really seem to be on the same page uh, and they've brought in players who suit their style of play 
so they brought in young players uh, who've not had a history of a lot of injuries i think that's an important thing uh, so they're durable players who can follow club style of pressing and running and uh, going for every ball till the end of the game uh, and the other thing that's also happened is at the training ground where they've developed players uh, i remember when andy robertson came in for 8 million from hull uh, not a lot of people expected him to do much and uh, he wasn't even the first choice left back but once he got to play uh, he's been irreplaceable ever since uh, same thing for trent alexander arnold all of us expected to climb to shine under klopp uh, but trent alexander arnold came in from the academy and really made the right back slot his own and over the years over the last 3 years you could see how he's developed he's grown Uh, in size he's grown in his defensive abilities and offensively uh, i think the only person who gives a better cross than him is de bruyne uh, so he's really come a long way uh, and i think liverpool are you know there's this uh, stereotype for about klopp that they only press uh, and everything is about counter pressing uh, and he plays a risky uh, heavy metal sort of football uh, but if you notice that has changed quite a bit now they don't play as much heavy metal as, as Borussia Dortmund team did they don't press as much uh, they press in different time points and they press with who which player of the opposition has the ball uh, and then they press in groups they don't press individually anymore uh, except the front three uh, and even defensively right they've become much more solid uh, compared to 2 years ago after getting Virgil van Dijk i think they feel more secure in terms of his uh leadership at the back as well as his positioning and the fact that he can really run uh so they can have a high line and you know they can press teams further up the field and make them make mistakes and then you have players uh like Salah Mane and Firmino uh who've got a great touch as well as you know who can dribble and uh, shoot well so in terms of their style of play i think uh they've brought in the right sort of players and they've made really good deals uh, such as getting Shaqiri uh, after Stoke were relegated they got him on the cheap Uh, they got Wijnaldum on the cheap, right? And Wijnaldum, I think, has been their biggest big game player. Uh, his goals against Barcelona, his goals against Atletico Madrid. Uh, he seems to pop up every time Liverpool need a goal. You know, he's sort of the reincarnated version of Steven Gerrard in that sense. Uh, so, they've the style of play and the kind of recruitment that the club has done, I think, has put them in the pedestal that they find themselves in. Uh, and one really surprising thing was the fact that they didn't buy anybody over the summer uh, they bought minamino in uh, january and he has yet to you know shine but uh, they the fact that they didn't buy anyone i think made a lot of people think that they couldn't win the league or they wouldn't do as well uh, because the whole concept is that you strengthen every season uh, but that just shows you klopp's trust in his team and uh, his trust in his own abilities of what he can drive uh, it's it's not for any reason that he calls them mentality most monsters i think uh, What do you what What is your analysis of uh, the style of play and the kind of players that they've brought? Me, what do you think has contributed to this title-winning uh, squad? I think one major factor which uh, you know led to Liverpool's two absolutely sensational seasons is the fact that they somehow don't have major injuries to their best players. Like you know, it's almost perplexing to believe. Like you know, if we see the other uh, top six clubs. If you see Chelsea, I mean, uh, and Golo Kante is probably their only world-class player in that squad, and he he has had multiple injuries this season. You see City with uh, Sane and Laporte, 
they were absolutely crucial in their uh, title win last season and both of them you know got injured before the start of the season and they, they've hardly played uh, you know this campaign and then you have united uh, pogba is arguably their best player and he was injured uh, for so long and then you have rashford who's having his best statistical season and then he uh, you know gets injured and with tottenham although you know they're not title contenders but still kane you know has his longest injury of his career and then son you know comes into the limelight and then he gets injured so i think you know with uh, we have to take take this you know into consideration and i'm not taking anything away from liverpool obviously they've been relentless in what they've done but the fact that they somehow don't have any injuries is obviously kudos to their physios and doctors but um, it's almost perplexing from a neutral point of view to see them uh, you know this uh, this team with their front three with Firmino, Mane and Salah even if they get injured you know they will come back in a couple of weeks or three weeks maximum van dijk does not seem to get injured any time trent arnold and uh, robertson and i think the alisson like you said earlier was the only miss i think that uh, this season and but at adrian has come in and, you know he's done decently but obviously the atletico madrid game was when he absolutely you know uh, fell apart so i think this uh, these staggering kind of fitness levels is really pushed liverpool to you know cross the line you know almost every time if there's an obstacle in front of them and the kind of last minute winners they score and you know it all comes down to determination and hunger of the squad and they have a great balance of young players and you know uh, experienced players and all of these players you know Three or four years ago, they didn't have any titles to their name. They didn't have any trophies, and they've come as a group, and they are so hungry. I mean, you can see it in their game. They're so passionate to win, and uh, that, and with Klopp as your manager, who is you know actually drives that uh, entire force, and he is almost a you know metaphor for passion. So uh, I think these things have to be taken into consideration to say how incredible they've been. When it comes to injuries, I think. Uh... Liverpool have been lucky, but I think they've also uh, sort of. I think they have the training regime and the kind of nutrition, etc., uh, that is really top notch. Uh, Klopp got Conmeyer and Mona from Bayern Munich. He basically poached them from the treble winning squad of Bayern Munich, uh, and they've done, I think, a great job. I in his interviews also, I think the first person he wanted to thank was Mona, which tells you everything that you need to know about their importance at the club. Uh, and they also have really great leaders who you know push professionalism to the fore uh, because every training uh, every start of the preseason uh, there is this thing that they do where uh, they take as many rounds of the training ground as po- as much as possible and every year for the past 4 years uh, james miller is the last person you know who's left standing uh, and he's the oldest person he's one of the oldest people on the squad uh, and that really translates to everyone else watching because he's had a professional career for 17 years now uh, and he's won titles everywhere he's been not everywhere he's been but like he's won titles at city and liverpool now uh, he's won the champions league and he's really a professional that you know you look at and you'd want to emulate because uh, he's not been injured for too long and after injuries he still come back to the same levels of functioning uh, which tells you a great deal about the man uh, and i think that makes a lot of difference uh, with injuries also if you see uh, the Barcelona team is a classic example of not having their main team and still somehow winning, you know. Uh, the Anfield factor was a thing, but Liverpool didn't have Firmino or Salah playing that game. Uh, and they still went and beat Barcelona 4-0 at Anfield. 
so there are these instances where people like Origi and uh, Shakiri, all these people do stand up when it's required, and they are top level players. It's just that the players in front of them are much much better. I think this all boils down to Klopp uh, and Michael Edwards and the assembly of the squad uh, and the kind of man management that they have. Uh, and like you alluded to, the fact that they have a good mixture of young and old players. Uh, Arne, what do you think? Uh, what is the secret sauce? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it's all down to Klopp and Edwards. Uh, the signing of various key players at Liverpool is down to Michael Edwards especially. Edwards and his team use a lot of data-led information and technology to find the right players who would suit Liverpool's system. And uh, I think what's different about Klopp is that Klopp and Edwards are always, always in very close contact. Before Klopp, uh, Brendan Rodgers was not willing to work with FSG and there was not a lot of cohesion between the manager and the board. Um, however, the board was still doing its job. Like, uh, Christian Benteke was signed in July 2015. That was an entire month after Liverpool had signed uh, Firmino. So, that, that, tells you, uh, that tells you the story. And uh, Rodgers played Firmino on the left wing or he left him on the bench. And, uh, and Rodgers was pushing to uh, sign Benteke, who didn't even uh, suit Liverpool's style of play. Uh, enter Jurgen Klopp. And like you said, uh, um, the nutritionists, the physios, uh, Edwards and his whole team, Klopp has always stressed that you cannot have enough specialists around you. Um, in Michael Edwards, he had found his perfect specialist and his team. Uh, Klopp has always had a very clear vision. He just needed some missing pieces and... He, he's dependent on others with inside knowledge of the transfer market and uh, expertise in other areas to get the overall job done. So, it's a real team effort. And, you know, with the signing, Sadio Mane uh, arrived in Klopp's first season. Uh, Salah came in a year after. Then, uh, Wijnaldum came in from Newcastle. And Robertson came in from a relegated Hull. And then Fabinho also. And with, with Edwards, Liverpool acquired uh, not necessarily the biggest names in football for Klopp's system. But he got Klopp the right players. There are two exceptions to this. Of course, Virgil van Dijk and Alisson. Uh, not that they're not the right players, but they, are, they were big names. But uh, they, again, the right signings to make, uh, they were transformational signings who made an instant impact. They didn't only solve problems, but they instantly elevated the squad. And those guys look like absolute bargains now. And uh, when it comes to man management, I'd like to quote... Uh, Lovren here, who said in 2015 about Klopp that uh, Klopp is your friend, but he's not your best friend. And that was in 2015 when Klopp had just come in. And you know, Jurgen Klopp has been in command from day one. Um, his players know that there's a line that should not be crossed. We all know about the loud laugh of Klopp in the media and at press conferences, but there's another side to him. We see his antics on the pitch, but behind doors... Klopp is very meticulous and he's very stubborn. Uh, when Klopp came in, he immediately imposed bans on impromptu visits at Millwood, even if it was agents or players' wives or partners. For him, uh, the training ground is a sacred place. It's strictly a place of work and that's where he enforces his regime. But that doesn't mean Klopp doesn't defend his own players. If you remember, uh, Klopp did not select any senior players for Liverpool's fourth-round uh, FA Cup replay against Shrewsbury. And this was because he had promised his, his first-team squad a break, a mid-season break. And he felt at the time that he could not go back on his word. Even though this, this was criticised by a lot of uh, rival fans and the media, it was immensely appreciated in the dressing room. And, uh, you know, his players 
they repay him on the pitch and another thing is klopp does not delve in dressing room talk he leaves that duty to his more senior players like henderson wijnaldum milner van dijk and he lets these internal cons- uh, conflicts solve themselves he feels that these are trivial matters that he should not disturb so in short uh, klopp's players know that he has their backs and i think uh, liverpool's title victory is down to the connection that he has with those players when you speak of michael edwards and klopp uh, one thing that gets missed out is the way michael edwards bargains in terms of selling players and making the most out of them uh, he sold people like jordan ibe for 15 million dominic solanke for another 10 million when he had not even scored a premier league goal he still has not uh, he sold philip coutinho for 140 million uh, which is basically the money liverpool paid for van dijk and alisson so there he has some astute ways of selling as well uh, which gets forgotten in the talk about you know transfers uh, and like you saying that they signed players who are not really you know known or world class i think uh, transfers is one bit of what happens at the club the other bit is uh, coaching where uh, club really improves the players that he buys uh, they don't remain the same wijnaldum was a number 10 but now he's become a proper number 8 box to box player uh, sala was scoring goals for roma but he's taken it to a different level at liverpool sadio mane was lethal at southampton but he's again become a real world class player at liverpool uh, firmino we know his story that you know if at hoffenheim he was great uh, rodgers didn't want him and then you know he's come leaps and bounds at liverpool uh, so he's really improved a lot of players uh, same thing with trent alexander arnold and uh, i think if you if you wait for a couple of years you'll see a lot of other youngsters coming in uh, and that's the special thing with klopp uh, that he improves his players uh, and he really believes in the process of coaching Uh, which i don't think a lot of managers really value anymore uh, and they just want to buy players and you know win titles uh, and they want to pass on a philosophy of coaching but not necessarily improve the individual players uh, which klopp does to i think he is probably the best at it uh, and i think he someone that comes close to him is probably louis van gaal uh, in terms of you know building players up uh, but klopp has done that throughout his entire career and uh, that's probably something that's really underappreciated Uh, I think we'll move to a slightly different topic uh, and discuss about how the top six and the rest of the Premier League can catch up with Liverpool. Uh, there's a huge gulf that exists. Uh, they're 20 points ahead of City uh, and probably another 40 points above uh, the team in 10th place. And what do you think, Mayul? How, how does the rest of the Premier League catch up? Yeah, uh, obviously Liverpool have set the benchmark this season, you know, we've clearly seen but one thing which I have noticed personally is that you know as much as we say that the Premier League is so hotly contested and you know it has these five or six top top clubs who you know compete for the title each year, we've not really seen that in the last 3 or 4 years. I mean it's only been City and Liverpool at the helm and you know the rest of the Premier League is way way below them. So I think the gulf is increasing, you know, every year Three years ago, City had this huge gap between them and the rest of the Premier League, and now Liverpool have such a huge gap. And it seems like uh, it's not really that you know hotly contested league. I mean, if you see uh, the La Liga, or it's becoming the Premier League is becoming something like that. So I think we need to address that. That how teams below uh, them, who've obviously historically been so successful, like Chelsea and United and Arsenal. are dipping in levels and i think uh, you know bhaskar remember in one of the episodes you said that it it i think it's come down to the fact that you know there have been so many managerial changes in these teams and they've not been able to cope 
you know with the, with those transitions and city liverpool have obviously you know uh, been there with uh, klopp and guardiola for the last 4 or 5 years and they have this unit which you know uh, really is performed at the highest level but the other teams are you know finding their feet and bringing in new faces trying them out selling some players so i think the only reason how this gulf can be you know eliminated is for these teams to strengthen and uh, we're obviously going to see a lot of you know signings being made by the clubs below liverpool if united sign somebody like sancho and you know bruno fernandes is obviously coming in and completely revolutionize the club so united are going to be a force obviously the couple of signings chelsea have made and the you know kind of names they've been linked with so they also could become a uh, you know force and i mean I, i was reading in the since morning i think kalido koulibaly is being linked with city in a 70 million deal or so and you know that kind of a laporte and koulibaly partnership is going to completely you know change city so i think it's going to you know every year we try you know we say that next year is going to be more equal in terms of you know competition but uh, you know we still don't really see that and you know one team just goes leaps and bounds and you know achieves the title in splendid fashion so i think we want to see a close knitted title race next season and that can only happen when you know teams below liverpool can strengthen themselves i think uh, liverpool fans will probably want to disagree with you on that point <laughs> they probably don't want another uh, close run title race uh, it's interesting that you mention about uh, the other teams not uh doing as well and there are two clubs you know who are really at the top uh i think that also comes down to the quality of the managers and i mean no disrespect but uh chelsea united uh and arsenal all have managers who don't have too much experience ole is supposed to have too much as enough experience uh but you know he's not he's not a manchester united manager who's won titles and come to united you know he's not a jose mourinho uh and no matter what you want to say about mourinho is one thing you know uh it creates a rift in the club but he wins things so there is a uh, i think dearth in terms of the quality of managers that the clubs have uh, and they're still finding the feet as managers those uh, managers of chelsea arsenal and uh, united so probably that's what has taken them time to fight against the forces that are city and liverpool with klopp and guardiola at the helm uh this was very different when uh, there was that first season when chelsea won the league with conte uh the premier league had conte mourinho klopp uh, guardiola and pochettino which is a whole different league uh, compared to you know what we have now so that probably tells you why uh, there is a golfing class uh, and probably with experience these managers will uh, grow in stature and get better players and hopefully they'll be able to compete with the behemoths that is that are klopp and guardiola Yeah uh, another point i would like to make is that in Klopp's teams you know what i've noticed is that he basically puts the same team every week he tweaks a little here and there but it's the same formation is the same team and we've not seen that kind of stability with other teams like guardiola obviously loves rotation and you know with injuries and everything lampard and pochettino and all of these managers have constantly changed their uh, you know style of play to accommodate to certain matches accommodate to certain uh, teams but uh, klopp basically you know just puts out the same team every week and that kind of stability i think we we saw it in uh, you know conte's reign at chelsea when that you know 343 really stuck for him and then he did not move he just put that team out every week until they won the title so 
uh i think that's another you know factor which i uh, noticed there's a gulf between uh, other teams and liverpool because klopp really trusts his players and he you know they deliver it from for him probably the reason klopp doesn't rotate is that liverpool doesn't don't have too much money uh, <laughs> they can't buy as many players uh, so and and if they do buy players they it'll be very difficult to replace the players that they already have uh, whom will you replace you know that's a constant question that liverpool fans keep asking and even pundits are uh, they really don't know who can replace these players because uh, there are better central midfielders than uh, henderson and wijnaldum but they won't fulfill the role that these two players fulfill uh, and it's similar with firmino and the number 9 uh, so i think this team is sort of put together as a sum of its parts uh, and it works well for liverpool uh, the other thing is i think liverpool are really growing in terms of the youth squad that they have Uh, so they've got players like Harvey Elliott and Nico Williams coming through, uh, who are going to be probably great players for Liverpool in the future. Uh, they've also got uh, Harry Harry Wilson, who's out on loan at Bournemouth, uh, who will probably come in. Uh, there's Curtis Jones, who's been quite great in centre midfield, and uh, they think of him as a replacement for Coutinho, um, which is quite something. So they've got a great youth squad, and I think next season he's going to trust them a lot more than this season. Uh, simply because they probably don't have as much financial muscle to buy new players that's probably why they didn't go for timo werner i expect liverpool to make maximum one more signing this summer and that'll probably be it for their business uh, so i think they'll have to be dependent on the same players again like you're saying and if the coronavirus had not taken place i think there could be a dynasty that we could have considered and you know liverpool could go on and win multiple titles uh, but because of the problem of the financial uh, situation i think that might be slightly problematic next season at least uh, but probably the senior season after that they could really do well the other thing with klopp's teams are we saw that with dortmund and with uh, mainz is that they win and then suddenly there is a dip in form you know uh, because the entire game play and the motivation catches up eventually uh, and liverpool have won two two titles in two seasons so we'll have to see what happens next season uh, but there the players are young that's the good thing all the top players are below 28 which means that even if they have one blip of a season uh, they can really come back next season and show the world why they are the champions league winners the world club world cup winners and the premier league winners all in the same season uh, where do you think they could strengthen our net i don't think liverpool need to strengthen per se uh, they have an extremely strong starting 11 the, the squad is young and uh, many of their marquee players are just entering their prime uh, so you know maybe we actually still haven't seen the full potential of this liverpool team which is an exciting but scary thought at the same time uh but i do think that they need to add depth in the off chance that injuries hit their squad say you know trent alexander arnold or andy robertson you don't have many comparable backup options um and like you said liverpool were interested in timo werner but uh, uh, i think it's important that we take into account the financial flexibility of the club as well but uh klopp is a manager who believes that players can be coached to quality like you said and especially with the youth coming up and like i had mentioned earlier like like we had all mentioned i think it's down to edwards and finding the right players not necessarily the biggest names and uh, i said that the off chance that you know players get injured but again that's the thing it's an off chance they've gotten such players they treat them in such a way that they just you know they don't get injured so i think the only thing that they need to go for right now is depth and uh, yeah we'll we'll see how the seasons go i think uh, 
they need to strengthen because they'll be losing a couple of players in Lalana and Shakiri probably. Um, and they brought Minamino in and they'll probably get another player. Uh, I can't see which position on the field they'll want to buy uh, because they get uh, Milner to play for Robertson. Uh, Williams will replace Trent. Uh, with I think Lovren might leave. I hope he does for Liverpool fans. Uh, <laughs> and uh, because he was the reason they lost the Watford game 3-0 he played in that game and that's the only game they've lost uh, so there's no love loss between me and Lovren at least uh, and if he does go I hope they get somebody uh, to get as a backup for him uh, but other than that it's very difficult to see uh, where players will come in only if players leave like Origi uh, Shakiri uh, and all of these players if they leave uh, then probably Liverpool will go and go out and you know buy other players. And the fact that they won the Premier League title means that these uh, the prices of all of these players have gone up. So they'll probably be banking on that too. You know, uh, get some more team players in. Uh, I think we've covered Liverpool quite in depth today. Uh, the season's done for them basically. Now they'll just go and try to beat the City Centurions, and that'll probably be it for them for the season. But I think for every Liverpool fan now, it's just going to be a party. Every game is every game is just going to be to watch and win and without anxiety um, and they'll and they'll probably sleep better now uh, that's it for today and thank you for listening in uh, we'll come back next week and we'll probably pick out on another top uh, team which will probably be from La Liga I'll see you and thank you for listening in